Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy's Unearthed Tips and Tricks. I'm your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. I'm your co-host, Brandon. We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you to your table tonight. Today we got some really great new Unearthed Tips and Tricks for you all. We are experimenting by releasing our UTTs as separate podcasts as opposed to include them as part of the main show. Um, be sure to let us know what you think about this change by, messing it, by messaging us on social media or by email at critacademy at gmail.com. Our first UTT is our monster variant, which is the Ejirok, a half-CR monster. To build this interesting little monster, you're going to have to start with the origin of the Grey Ooze. Now, if you don't know, the uh, Ejirok is a creature of darkness and the slime that takes over the body of a corpse or living creature Makes and fights with it. And uses it to walk around. It's very fascinating. So Does that sound like a symbiote to you? It is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> um, I so, think those like, uh, gelatinous creatures from uh, the Bourne series. That's actually where I got the idea from first. But okay. the symbiote thing kind of tied into it. Um, please don't sue me, Marvel. Uh, so first for the Great Ooze, you're going to get rid of two of the core features. Uh, the corroded metal and the pseudopod. We don't want that. It's trash. Next, we're going to give it a tentacle attack. This tentacle attack is going to have a 30-foot reach, and it's going to grapple and restrain targets. I know Brandon's uh, yeah. disgusting cartoon porn oh, things. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, so that's going to be the first feature we're going to give it. Um, and then we're going to give it Body Thief, which is very akin to what the Ghosts or the Intellect of Hour has. And then we're going to give it a Reaction Fling. So in this creature, it not only does it have access to the, pow- the creature... Out. Is Fling like Ma- Magic the Gathering's Fling? No. I've never heard Fling before. It, most tentacle creatures, big ones, have fling where they grab hold of something and chuck it and can smash it into targets. Now, That's if you're looking awesome. for the full stats of this, um, you can find it on our blog at critacademy.com slash blog for episode of Designing a Fictional Alphabet. Or you can become a patron and get access to not only the stat block, but all the lore, the beautiful artwork, the professional layout for this monster, and all the other ones. All the other ones. Yes. So, um, So we got a really interesting creature here, you guys. This creature not only can attack and take control of your characters, but it can take care of the corpses of the monsters that they're fighting. So they can basically create waves just by changing from one to another as they get to zero hit points. <laughs> oh, and did I mention they still have some of their other features as oozes, so they can slip away through like a small inch crack, yep. which is very terribly inconvenient. I still think it's ridiculous that they got the body thief thing and they can grapple with their tentacle. Yes. Just grab somebody because come here. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's kind of what I was going for. Um, the artwork that we have for this is gorgeous. It's got a, a person looks like they're possessed and the ooze tentacles are just flailing about. So not only are they using this person's body as a meat shield, but they're grabbing onto people and tossing them and throwing them across, uh, across the battlefield, making it very dynamic. What is that? How does that sound like to you guys? What is that? Does that sound like a good fight? Sounds like a land squid. <laughs> yes. Yes. Land squid. What do you think, Ian? Well, something that can hijack corpses and use it as a meat suit sounds pretty awesome. What are some interesting ways you guys would use this? Uh, hey, you know all those MCU kill going into the dungeon? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you that's could, amazing. You could make it a lot harder, too, because it's a CR one quarter. One half. Half. Oh, half. It's CR half? Yeah, I'm looking at them blind. It's a CR half, which means it should be pretty easy for the players, but 
I think if it snatches a body, it should use that stat block until its HP gets down to zero, and then it has to leave. That's exactly what the body thief does. That's terrifying. So they're weaker monsters that can become stronger. And as Ian just pointed out, the idea that there's one of these things creeping around, picking up the corpses of the monsters that they've already slain. How cool would that be? That's (laughs) devilish, I think. How how many tentacles does it have? Just... Can it do just the one grapple? Yeah, there's details in there that basically says it can't hold more than two. Ah, uh, okay. So it can hold two. Well, yeah, just like grapple. Choke somebody. One with each hand. The hand or tentacles? Well, they're tentacles. But yes, I use the two because so most creatures can do that, right? Technically, the players would be fighting three creatures. If it didn't use the fling. What do you mean? If it's got If it's inside a body and it's holding two more, and that body falls, they could use the other body immediately. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> I broke his monster already. No, you didn't break it. Just not something I had really thought of. Because the creature itself that it takes control of is either dead or loses control of their own body and does what it wants anyway. Well, I was thinking like, they're grappling corpses, not people. Yeah, I kind of envisioned that the, the arm would go out. You guys seen uh, um, Venom, right? Where he like his arm reaches out, but so does the tentacles. And then reaches out and then grabs somebody, so I think it would still be along some uh, lines. I need to see that movie. But the fact that it can fling is amazing because then you might be on the first floor, nobody's going up in the second, just throw them up there. That's fine. Chuck them up there. He's <laughs> crashing through the gate and stuff. So, hey, Watsy, could you like rename fling to Yeet? <laughs> <That'd be great. laughs> Yeet. All right, that'll do it for our monster, the uh, the Ejerok. Ejerok. Okay. Um, Ejerok. <laughs> So, uh, our encounter is called Bolstering Defenses. I think you guys are really going to like this. The characters travel to a, a plagued land, right? This land is infested and is dying. It's infested with undead. And everything is necrotic. And there's these control points, these towers uh, that are throughout the area that this group of paladins are trying to maintain control of to keep the plague from spreading any farther. Mm-hmm. Except they're losing. It's literally a tower defense game. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, so these forsaken creatures are slowly overtaking these towers, and the characters not only have to go inside of them, yeah. but they have to kill the monsters and then purify the area. Mm-hmm. This is where you get an opportunity to perform rituals with like the cleric and and, and, and paladins who can who can do these these holy holy things, right? And puts that as kind of the focal point. But I love the idea of anytime somebody starts to purify an, an area, a horde swarms in and you have to defend that person while they're holding the channel for up to 10 rounds. So it's a nonstop. This is a, uh, uh, this is a time-based event, right? Yep. It's not, here's a number of monsters, it's, you better survive until the channeling is done. And by setting it to 10 rounds, not only ensures the combat's 10 rounds, but it puts a lot of stress on the characters, because they don't know how long it's going to take. Yep. What do you guys think about that? (laughs) That sounds great. Yep. Especially not knowing, because, I don't know if you guys ever noticed, but when you drive somewhere that you've never been to before, and it's a ways away, it takes forever. Yes! on the drive home, it's... It's so fast. It's like that. But that's because you know where you're going. Yeah. Not knowing how many waves there's gonna be, is gonna if that's gonna be so bad for the players, and they're gonna be sitting there holding on to all of their spell slots, just waiting. It's like, what's it gonna end? Should I use it? Just use it. 
And you, and you really could really throw them off by sending a big giant monster in like the fifth wave mm-hmm. where they think that's the big boss. And then more come and they've used what all the their fuck? big powers. What do you think, Ian? What if the ritual didn't keep something in but kept something out? <laughs> Ooh. Can you elaborate? What are you thinking? Like, uh, <laughs> I was kind of thinking like the meme of like a. Who says it's a, somebody dies? It can't be a ghost and a zombie. What the hell? <laughs> I don't. How, so, I think I'm too dumb to understand what that. Short version: What if a ghost wants their body back to, to become an all-powerful being? A ghost possesses a, their body. So back you're keeping. So the body is inside the area, and you have to keep it purified so it doesn't take over it. Yes, that's cool. I like that. Although, and maybe that's a secret that's hidden in the towers. Different body parts. And then they feel even when it comes out. Oh, that's cool. I like that. I really do like that. So what I think is interesting is what would you do if they failed? Would they just die? Well, would they yeah, have to run away? Well, like would you give them the option to run away? Because what if they get to like round seven and you just say, you're very close, but they can't hold out any longer. They're struggling. But if they run away and they don't take it, what is the what is the impact of only put, taking control of three of these five outposts? Yep. Does the area still spread? Maybe it spreads to the north because that's the post that you guys failed. So now it's spreading to the north is kind of indirectly your fault. How can you fail it though? If you've got ten rounds of waves. If characters are going unconscious before you get to that point, because there's so many oh, monsters. Here's it just runs to die. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not necessarily dying, but if they if three of your party goes unconscious and there's five of you, they're probably just going to try to grab their comrades and run, or they're just going to run. Yeah. Then they're definitely dead. <laughs> but I think that that's interesting because it grows the encounter more than that, right? And it makes it more about survival as opposed to just slaying. Yep. This sounds like a perfect way to use your horde mechanic that you did the other week. Ooh, that's a good idea. I like that. I've used it, and it's actually worked out quite well, so... You guys got anything else to this? Not today. All right. Also, it should be noted that in the adventure, the reward for conquering all four is a holy avenger. I don't know what that is. That's a very powerful sword. That oh. mostly the only power that's going to use. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> all right. Our magic item is Queen's Blood. We've talked about spell reagents before on the show. I really like spell reagents because currently components, spell material components, don't get really used, do they? Yep. Now, this reagent is very rare. And when you cast a spell first level or higher that charms a creature, you can add the Queen's Blood Claw to the material components of the spell. And if you do, you gain a plus three bonus to the spell save DC. And the Queen's Blood, of course, is consumed in the process. What do you guys think about this? Andy. If you plus three bonus to the spell save DC. Yep. Which makes it harder f- for the enemy to save. Yes. Yeah. And it's a very, it's because it's very rare, that's a pretty reasonable uh, bonus, but it's like a yep. one time for whatever spell you cast. Yep. So you're going to want to cast it at the max level you can and get the bonus of this reagent. But what's beneficial of these, these reagents, this one particularly is plant related, so it can be found. You can call for an herbalism check or a nature check to identify them and make loot that's available in the world. That's not just in a chest or on an enemy. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and we've been doing these for a little bit now, and um, we've got a quite, a, I think, a couple dozen of these at this point where we've created these fun, unique uh, spell reagents to to add to enhance spell casting uh, to an extent. So 
definitely consider checking them out. Um, this to me is one of the more uh, cooler ones because there's nothing worse than casting a spell like Charm Person and then it being resisted or saved against. You know what I mean? Yep. So doing all you can to increase um, success rate Especially when it's an important NPC you're trying to get on your side, right? Mm -hmm. So, I think that'll do it for our magic item, the Queen's Blood. Before we move on to our Dungeon Master tip, I want to take a moment to talk to you about our Exotic Equipment Perks. If you don't know, Exotic Equipment Perks has been brought to life by you because you've brought our Weapon Perks to be our most successful product that we have made. You guys have asked us for print-on-demand, and now we're trying to do that. Our Exotic Equipment Perk Kickstarter is live right now. Go support it. Bring it to life. Make your monsters and players' choice of weapon and armor matter. There are a lot of weapons that are exactly the same. And the weapons, really, you just look for the AC bonus. But what if there was other reasons to pick them? You guys ever been struck by heat metal and couldn't get the armor off? Fuck that spell. <laughs> it's horrible, right? It's a very situational spell. It just has to be very good in that situation. Yes. But if you happen to be wearing a chain shirt, you can now doff it and don it as an action. Totally changes it. You could throw that heated metal item right back at the caster and say, Burn, bitch! Another thing about one time when I was running a fortune main cleric, I cast heat metal on myself and grappled on enemy. <laughs> oh. That is genius. It needs to be a player tip. That needs to be a player tip immediately. Turns out the enemy also resisted fire, but... <laughs> well, still a good attempt. All right. Anyways, our exotic equipment perks is live on Kickstarter right now. Please come and support us. Share it with your friends. And tell us what you think. We are super excited to bring this product to you. To enhance your players and your monsters. Head on over to rebrand.ly slash exotic perks today. Um, our Dungeon Master tip is actually really fun. Um, this is actually a website we found called Improved Initiative. Uh, it's a simple and intuitive uh, initiative manager for tabletop games, not just D&D. &D, but when, uh, um, when combat is initiated, you can literally add characters and monsters to the initiative score. There's buttons and stuff to allow them to scale up and down. What I like about this is it's easy if you're not – it runs easy on, like, apps and phones and stuff. Um, so once combat starts, the characters are uh, not reordered uh, by initiative. You can hit new encounter, and you can literally have multiple encounters. Uh, ready for initiative. If anybody knows that when we play, I like to call for initiative at the beginning and at the end, right? Yes. What if we just roll three sets of initiative and have it stored ready to go? So it jump allows you to jump right into combat really, really quick because that does slow down, though some people really enjoy that part, right? I'm not saying you have to do it that way, but the benefit is you can have all the monsters as the DM rolled up in advance, mm -hmm. which yeah, I think right. is great. I noticed that a lot of people like really like combat. They like hearing that. Yeah, roll initiative. When they roll for initiative, they go, ah! and they get into it. Yeah, and that's okay. <laughs> Some people really enjoy that. For me, it's more about time management when I'm playing, right? Yeah. Um, I've got a small window to play, so I want to make sure I get the most out of it. <laughs> uh, what I do really like is characters are added on the fly, which is perfect for wave encounters like the one we just talked about. Yep. Um, do you guys ever use anything like this? I like It does have uh, like a... I feel like a like a grinder type feel where you can swipe left and right to remove enemies and and add enemies to the initiative, which I think is kind of cool. Um, gonna slap that all on the floor. Are you okay? Uh, D and D grinder. Yeah. After hours. What's grinder? 
It's for sex, isn't it? <laughs> what's Tinder? Isn't that for sex? Yeah, what's Grinder? It's for gay people. It's for gay sex. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> is that true? Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, clearly my education is lacking. So, uh, improved initiative is a really powerful tool. Do you guys ever use any uh, tools uh, to help you track initiative? I need to because yeah. I suck at it. I just use my boogie board, which basically erases everything after I press the button on it. Mm. Your boogie board? Yeah. Yeah, that's the little thing that you write on and you click the button and it disappears into a new sheet. I have no idea what you're talking about. I you bought one of those. Mm. To use, I was like, that's badass. I went and got one. And then my kids found it and fucking destroyed it. I still don't know what you're talking about, I'm even if I've seen it. I've checked that out. I'm so sad. It was a really helpful tool. It yeah. was. Well, this is a really good uh, app you can pick up that's super useful for tracking and it has a bunch of other cool features like tracking hit points and stuff like that. Actually, at Grandcom, one well, of my players friend of me and asked, hey, what were you using to write stuff down? Oh, a boogie board. <laughs> Uh, yeah, now I have to Google that because I have no and idea. And I'm pretty you'll, sure, you'll, get, going by the pictures that I saw on his profile, was like one of his kids' special needs. So I'm pretty sure that was another big Something, so for, something yeah, more you, useful. You look it up, you'll definitely cool. buy one. It's like, this will make they're sure. They're at Barnes & Noble. It saves paper by a lot. Yep. And they're at Barnes & Noble. <laughs> okay, I'll have to check it out. All right, All that'll right. do it for our Dungeon Master tip. Improved initiative. Our player tip of the podcast is... Don't be a dick! And you can avoid dickitude by role-playing and improvisation. Start first, think later. This is my mantra, everybody. That explains a lot. I'm going to stab you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there are a lot of powerful improv tools that really help players get better and DMs get better. So rather than waiting until you have a great idea to start first, your mind and body will catch up if you start first and worry about stuff later which i know alicia's probably cringing right now because that's a story of my life where i don't really think i leap but don't don't think right so <laughs> did you see that look you just leave <laughs> you said she went huh yeah so for a good example is if you say i'm going to do amazing this amazing thing your mind will come up with what that amazing thing is because it puts you on the spot instead of thinking about it virtually always and if it doesn't everyone will appreciate that you threw yourself into the role play Good so, time. huh? Good, Good time. time. Good time. You know, that that whole thing was improv. Yeah, no, it was just Good something time. that came up out of uh, a, a jump, uh, this sort of role play. Especially when all you guys came up uh, or were doing it, and the guards came up and they're like, "Oh shit." Yeah, like, that's going on here. Good times. Oh, good time. They do that Friday stuff. <laughs> but that ended up in our plane shifter campaign too. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, the big or o- Osof. Yep. Osof was a big orc, and he's talking about good time. And him and uh, what was the other uh, uh, um, Will's character? Yep. They did a they did a good time. Oh, by the way, everyone listening, good time was mud wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Good time. Uh, anyway, so uh, that definitely that's a really good example where I literally threw myself in the ring. And we're just like, okay, well, what is this going to be? Started pissing in the street. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you mark your mark the battle. So, if you want a brilliant idea, oh, step forward and make yourself known to you. You could be waiting a long time. Don't do that. Just go for it. A person in motion tends to stay in motion, right? Get active. Take the step forward. <laughs> jump forward. A person, you know, at rest tends to just become a dull blob, kind of like me. Mm-hmm. You know. <sighs> Anyways, so. If you start with something as obvious as, hey, guys, I have an idea, you'll likely get one in a matter of seconds. Yep. Instead of just thinking, oh, what could I do? Because it puts the pressure on you, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I do know some people don't do well in that situation. Uh, it's it, okay. It try it anyway. <laughs> um, but if you say, you know, 
something along the lines of, hey, let's do this. And everyone looks at you. Once again, you're putting yourself on the spot. <laughs> what did you just say? And you will find that sometimes you get a dud. But it doesn't happen as often as you would think. What would you say about my mother? <laughs> if you say something along the lines of, you've made three mistakes today. Poof. One by one, they'll probably just appear in your head. Yep. I just thought of a few just by saying that out loud. You've made three mistakes today. First, you, you came here. I'm going to stab you. <laughs> <laughs> Second, you spoke to me. And third, what the hell? Those pants don't go with that shirt. <laughs> See? But that stuff is just po- stuff that popped in my head. But jumping in <laughs> is a really great way to imp- uh, is really start first, ask questions later. You know, If you're desperately trying to think of something to be the right thing, you're going to be there forever just thinking. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about this? Sometimes you just have to do, do something just to keep things moving. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the I thing. It's a really good idea. It, like I just flash back to years ago when and we were play, I was playing Star Wars minis at the shop I used to play at, uh-huh. and they had one player who was generally pissed at me because I was like deadlocked in the decision in my head and just stared at them. I'm like, what do I do in my turn? <laughs> and then when I heard like the one minute left in the round. I'm like, oh crap. And then you instantly knew what you're going to do, yeah. right? That's why I did rapid fire turns. And he was just like, how did you like, do all those back to back when you're stuck on doing it? Like, I, had, I got motivated. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> the it's, pressure pushed me. That's a really good example. Do you have an example of where you were like, you didn't know what you were going to do, but you just jumped in and then it came to you, Brandon? I mean, there was the uh, time I was spoke last time I was here with the uh, big bad guy in my campaign, how he became a lich and he wasn't supposed to be, but he is now. And it just came to you in the moment, didn't it? Yeah. And I think that that's what makes some game. Yeah. You know what we need to do, you guys? That was a story change. We need to run a totally 100% improv game. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think this just applies to players, even. So, oh, yeah, definitely. Because, like, even at, like, a Grand Con, there was one point where I was running one more modules from Extreme Expeditions. Mm-hmm. And one of the players like, hey, can I do this? Me? Just make something way easier. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. I think that would be fun too. A completely improv game. Yep. I think it's what powered by apocalypse games are for the most part. So just kind of wing it. Yeah. So, like there was a there was a TV show that was on, I can't remember what it's called, but it was completely unscripted. They gave them a uh, whose lines it anyway? Not not whose line. It was an actual sitcom. Really. But before every. They get like four bullet points and have fun. Here's yeah, what's happening. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. That's interesting. I don't know. It'd be fun. I also want to play Gamble World with you guys. Anyway, so this player <laughs> tip comes from uh, Laura Up- Upcott. Um, there's a link. It's actually really good. Entire segment on improvisation. It's powerful. As Ian said, it's not just for the players, but for the DM. Of course, when I think players, I think everybody, not just the guys on one side of the screen. So sometimes they apply to both. All right. If you enjoy the show and you want to support us, please visit us at CreditAcademy.com, follow us on social media, and leave us a review. If you really want to support us, become a patron and send us some of that money, 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 money to help pay for everything because it should be expensive. you could go to our Kickstarter. Yeah, you should do that instead. Ignore what I just said. (laughs) Go to our Kickstarter back to help that become successful. And if for some reason you can't afford it right now because you got something else going on, that's fine. Please hit the notify button and share it with everyone else that you uh, shared on your social media. Let everyone know that you think that uh, you want to support 
our product. There's more. There's many ways to support our show that are non-monetary. And I know that, especially with the way things are going, it's tougher on people as of late. Just so. send us an email saying we look good. Please don't send me an email that talks about the way I look. <laughs> on the other hand, please do. The company will be worth it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, yeah, we all, we're all we just kind of grabbing our big guts right now, for those of you that are listening. Well, except for Ian. He doesn't have a big gut. Oh, yes, I do. I am your host, Justin. <laughs> Your co-host, Ian. And I'm your co-host, Brandon. Thanks for listening. Keep your blade sharp and spells prepared, heroes.